I'm going to turn to Psalm 23 and spend a brief moment on a phrase that was in one of the songs today. By way of introduction in our message, you may be familiar with the old King James version of this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I want to read to us the New Living translation of this psalm, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows, He leads me beside peaceful streams, He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to His name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Amen to God's word. Now that last bit of phrase, surely goodness and mercy, uh, translation of the Hebrew there is actually will chase me down and overcome me. It's like tackle football phrase. It literally is in the Hebrew. That's a, a literal translation of it. And we have actually done a whole sermon series on that before, so I'm not going to do that this morning on the whole psalm. But I do want to point something out that I've never pointed out before because it's so easy for this to just sound self-serving and manipulative. But the truth of the matter is that some Hebrew poetry, particularly some of the psalms and songs that are in the Old Testament of the Bible, are actually better understood when you translate them thought by thought and then read them in reverse. And so... On the screen, you see both the first phrase and the last verse. The fact of the matter is that the conclusion that the song comes to informs the rest of the song. What is that conclusion? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that dwell word is a better translation of what the Hebrew actually says. So in fact, this most beloved psalm is saying that in the public gathering of the believers, in my regular attendance, in my participation in the public worship, and the reading of scriptures, in that context, I found the Lord to be my shepherd. You cannot separate that truth from the song. The fact of the matter is when I render it from the Hebrew first, that's actually where I would start. At bare minimum, you have to say that the two thoughts of finding God to be a good shepherd and participating in the frequent regular gathering of believers are inextricable. They, they They cannot be separated. They cannot be broken apart. It doesn't work that way. I know feel a little nervous already. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's uh, page number 935 for me. So most of you would know we've been on a series called Building Ecclesia. Building Ecclesia is a series that we've been in. It's all available on our site, cityharborchurch.com, cityharborchurch.com slash messages where you can stream or download any of the messages 
uh, and you can get the notes and everything all right there. Why? Because, well, this is a safe place to find and follow Jesus. And we're asking the question, what is Jesus up to? Jesus said, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, I will build my church. It's what Jesus is up to. And that church is that word ekklesia, that Greek word. It really took a common secular Greek word that was meant to describe a group of people that were called out from their homes to a place of public gathering for a specific purpose and with a specific identity. That is what that word means that Jesus used. I will build my called out people, people who will be called out from their homes to a place of public gathering for a specific purpose and with a specific identity. Church is not my idea. My idea is coffee and not a whole lot of extra effort. Can we be real in this place, right? So Jesus describes this church, and if we look at how they responded to him at the end of the Gospels in the beginning of the book of Acts, which records it from eyewitness accounts, we would have to say new people or people that were regenerated in their faith came to salvation, received new life in Jesus, new people following Jesus together. That might be one way that we could define it, and we see that in Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Now, how? How? How does this work? How is Jesus doing that? That's why we turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Before we do, why are we doing that? Well, because Jesus said this, John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35, Jesus said, I almost said 44 for her. <laughs> Jesus said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. And he uses the agape love word, which is not like, I love pizza and I love these jeans. Agape love each other. Just as I have agape loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Again, and as we've talked about each Sunday, the purpose for the church in its love and in its unity is so that people would see something's different. And what is that? That Jesus is the Messiah. It is our purpose. If we make it about buildings, if we make it about our reputation, if we make it about anything else, we are not making it about what Jesus intended. We are not following Jesus building his church. And we certainly could build an event that people attend. But that is not a church. Oh, that was good. Really, really good. First Corinthians, before we get into 13, let's just look at the end of chapter 12. I want to show you, he writes, a way that is best. First Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 3. If I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. And that's in the context of talking about all these spiritual gifts. Super spiritual things. And human nature is, hey, I can get all this information online and then just go around and share my spiritual gift with the world. Isn't that better? And he's saying, no, it's not better. No, it does not evidence that you are a follower of Christ. If I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Here we go, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. Love, and again, with this agape love word. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It hasn't had coffee yet. <laughs> 
It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Going just a little bit further in the chapter, three things will last forever. And this is in the context of talking about spiritual gifts in the church and all the things about us that make us unique and spiritual and saying that a lot of these things are temporary. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Again, using the agape love word. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1, love is the highest goal. Wow, that's good stuff. I think that's just a poem we should regulate for weddings. Maybe it's more than that. Maybe it's more than that. Maybe this kind of love, a faithful, patient, kind love, a love that chooses to love another, not for what they can get out of it. We, we like to say love gives. Why? Because that helps us with a contrast because lust takes. Did God love us with lust? Did God create us for what he could get out of us? No. Romans says this, God showed us real love in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died. See, when you were at no use to God whatsoever, he had already made the decision for how he was going to love you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit already had fellowship, already had relationship, already had all the capacity to do whatever you could do, but better. He didn't love us for that. He chooses to love us faithfully. And one of the things that is difficult that we endeavor to help each other with in the process, we use the Purple Book and Celebrate Recovery and many other mechanisms of ways of pointing our attention to Scripture to try to experience and digest what we talked about last Sunday that Dan talked about a little bit today. We prayed through to experience and grow in knowledge about how wide, how deep, how great is the love of God. This is a safe place for you to find and follow Jesus because we're not about trying to manipulate or pressure or focus on your external behaviors or some kind of weird legalistic top-down thing. No, following Jesus is kind of warm and gooey from the inside out and it's upside down. I feel like there's a song in there somewhere. When I receive the love of God, I am not receiving that which is legalistic. I'm not receiving that which is boastful. I am not receiving that which is building a case against me, finding fault constantly with me. I am receiving the love of God who cares for me, who draws me to what the scripture says, his throne of kindness. So when I, what everything about the church only works if we see ourselves as, what have we talked about already? The bride of Christ, a family of God, a body each person unique, working together with a common purpose. But it only works when we don't remove it from the context of a transformative relationship with Jesus Christ. Do I receive the love of God? Maybe like me, you've been hurt by the church. Looked at the church as a bully, looked at the church as lots of problems. Maybe even you've looked at me that way. 
The reality is, it's only working when we are receiving the love of God and then giving that to each other. That's the purpose. Patient, kind, not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Not demanding its own way, not irritable. Keeping no record of wrongs. It does not rejoice in injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. It never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstances. If you follow our social media, you find the hashtag love gives because we are trying to put out a message that this is who God is. This is what we are being changed by, a love that gives. Don't you love the fact that God leads with love? Okay, are you ready? I'm going to say it. God is not Thanos. For those of you who don't understand, don't worry. It wasn't for your benefit. God could have led us with a fist. God did not lead us with a fist. God led us with love. So good. That's really good, Ben. That's really good. So here for us as a church, this agape love, let me draw your attention to the screen if I will. I want us to just kind of get a taste of this to come to understand this. So God's agape love or a love that gives is very meaningful to us. It informs our motives. I am here today not to get something out of you, but to give to you. In everything that we do, we take 30 youth snow tubing this month to give, not to get something. Everything that we do as a church this month, we're taking a whole bunch more clothes and shoes for the homeless, right? To give, not for what we can get out of it. You ever notice that all the charitable things that we do in the serving the community, we're not posting pictures of people in the community that are hurting. Why? Because they have dignity. We affirm their dignity. And it's a love that gives because it has transformed our motive. It is not only our motive, it is a decision. I will choose to receive. Man, this is really good. I don't know if you, are you all getting this? I choose to receive the love of God and I choose to give other people. I choose to operate in the church out of this agape love. It is my value system. Here's how we know if something looks like City Harbor Church, smells like City Harbor Church, is is it in a love gives ethic? If it is not, I don't care if it's me or somebody else, some other person who is a leader in this church, if it does not smell like love gives, it must be corrected. Our value system is love gives. It is a priority for us. It is action. It is at work. And it is a lifestyle. It is the filter by which we discern if a spiritual gift is being used properly. Some of you, that was a little too deep. It's okay. You'll you'll get that later. It's the filter by which we discern if anything in our church family is done properly. Is it done with a love gives ethic? That is the purpose of this chapter in this letter of 1 Corinthians 13. The purpose of the chapter is to say, this is a better way. This is the Jesus way. And this is how we discern if spiritual gifts are being used in a healthy way. It is love gives. It is the standard by which we align. Why? Because we see it in Jesus. Okay, I'm almost done. So, 
How does Jesus build his church? With love. With love. That is why we receive the love of Jesus. That is why we share the love of Jesus. Are there other people in the city that are better at things, certain things than us? Absolutely. Do we care? Do we bless them? It's not about that. It's about Jesus. We're the bride of Christ. We are a family. This is really good. Jesus builds His church by love. We receive the love of God. We share the love of God. So, would you describe your interactions with your church family as patient, kind, this agape love kind of thing? So, I could tell stories. I've told stories over the last couple of weeks to brag on you guys of all the wonderful things that you have done for each other. But does anyone for me this morning have a positive example about how somebody else in this church family has shown you this kind of love? Dan, you do. In fact, you wanted to share. Will you come and share today? You have three minutes? Is that enough time? You can say no We can if that's not enough time. Okay, welcome Dan as he comes to share. Uh, well, I was a little more prepared last week, but uh, bear with me. I'll try to... As many of you know, uh, I had some health issues going on the past couple of months. Uh, and I just wanted to take an opportunity to thank all of you for your support over that period of time. It really meant a lot to us uh, as a family and, and so forth. Uh, I kind of reached my low point uh, right at between Christmas and mid-January where I was pretty much exhausted all the time. and couldn't do anything and we had no idea what the heck was going on. Uh, we finally found out it's a pretty rare condition, but... Uh, Very thankfully, it was caught fairly early, and the, the prognosis is pretty good. But I just, uh, your prayers over that time, the time you guys took to, to write the cards of encouragement when I was at the hospital, those of you who brought meals over, and just as importantly, stayed around to, to talk and, and, and so forth when I had been isolated for, for all that time, uh, it really meant a lot to us. And it, the combination of, of your prayers and, and, and really good, sharp, uh, excellent medical care has has really made a huge difference. And I'm recovering slowly, but uh, I really thank you guys for for all that you've done for us over, over these past uh, weeks and so forth. Thank you, Dan. Sorry to put you on the spot like that. Um, they, I know that Dan and Christina and Stephen are very thankful for each person that brought food and showed love in a wide variety of ways, and we are glad that you are in the recovery process. I love this church. I love the way that you love each other. There are many examples in many ways. This afternoon, why don't you just text each other, thank each other, talk to each other, take somebody to lunch. If you can't, 
You've got little ones that need a nap? Go post about it on social media. Do something to thank each other for the way that you have already loved each other. Aren't you glad that you're a part of a church family that lives this message already? I am. Because this is real. This, I'm not introducing a new concept. I'm talking about something that we already do because it's important in Scripture. Maybe you are hearing God today talk to you about growing in this agape love that we read about in 1 Corinthians 13. Here's what I would suggest. Pray and ask God. Don't come up with your list out of your flesh. Ask God for His guidance about what area you can improve. Make a plan. Talk to somebody else about it. Make a plan and take one step. Take one step for positive growth. Now, just before we close, I want to refresh our memory with a few things that we have been learning as we've done a little bit deeper dive in Scripture about what is the church, why do we do this. Here are a few things that we have been learning from Scripture about the local church. God is intentional about relationship with us. Jesus Christ, our Savior, is who we follow and base our lives on. Right? It really is that simple. Jesus is building His church with people who find and follow Him. The church has identity, value, and purpose. This is many scriptures that help us learn the church has identity, value, and purpose. Jesus' followers are a spiritual family, equal and unique. I thought I'd get at least one amen there. I thought that was really good. The Jesus' followers are a spiritual family. You can call me Brother Ben, whatever. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We are a spiritual family. We are equal and unique. Jesus calls his followers to love and respect each other. And that's the agape love word. That's what we're called to do, to love and respect each other. God adds people to the church with purpose. God places us in the church for intentional relationships with mutual benefit. Specific word choice on purpose. Intentional relationships of mutual benefit. God has a plan and a purpose for our individual lives and His church. Aren't you glad that God has a plan? It's not up to me. God's got a plan. I'm thankful for that. Amen. Why don't we stand and close in prayer? So, here's how we respond. Receive the love of Jesus, choosing to follow Jesus. If you haven't met Christ as your Savior today, many people here are available. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to explain to you what that means, walk you through pursuing answers to that questions. But we receive the love of Jesus and choose to follow Jesus. Last week we talked about in great detail, if you missed it, please go back and listen to it, how we should be praying for each other. Pray for your church family. Ask God to help you see what you can do to grow in sharing this agape love and take action to show love. I'm really thankful for each of you and for what God's doing among us. Lord, thank you that you build your church through this love gives. Thank you that you lead with love. Every person here by receiving your love is capable of showing love to each other. I thank you for that. You are a good God. You are a faithful God. We love you today, Lord. 
will follow you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, Please meet someone else. Take advantage of having something to eat and drink here in this room. Grace and peace to you. Have a good week.